So my memories of my childhood Christmases are pretty spectacular. Yeah, we had this beautiful flocked tree that sat in our front hallway, and in my memory, it was about 16 feet tall. And everyone from my bus stop could see the tree from our front doors, and they would admire it and tell me how pretty our tree was. And every, uh, every Christmas, I would come home every afternoon, and I would listen to my favorite Christmas music. And in my memories, I would sip hot chocolate and sit by the fire and listen to my favorite Christmas tunes, the Carpenters, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Barbara Streisand, who I always thought was kind of funny that she made a Christmas album, but she did. Um, it would always snow just enough. It was perfect. Didn't ice up the streets. It just laid nicely on the ground. And... Um, my mom, uh, I would sit in front of my window and watch for my siblings and their families to come home so that we could celebrate all together in one house for a couple of weeks. <sighs> I'm not kidding, it really was. We, we never knew when my brother and his family were going to leave, and I'm not lying about that. They would come and just like pitch a tent in the basement and stay forever. Um, and then uh, my mom would wrap these beautiful gifts and we would open them together, and we would love our presents, every single one of them. My mom and my grandma would make this amazing feast that we would eat calmly and quietly, <laughs> loving each other. Those are my memories of the Christmases of my youth. I never remember that we usually had a large family argument sometime during the time that we were all living together under one roof, and that my mom was always very frustrated that my sisters and I never helped make the meal or set the table or do anything that was work-related at all, and that usually there was some sort of yelling and crying. Yeah, I don't remember those parts. I just remember the good stuff, which has set me up for how I feel today. It's formed what I expect from the holidays now. I still feel this way. I still romanticize everything. Let's take Christmas Eve, for instance. I'll serve at church all of the services. This is what I believe is going to happen. My family will come and serve alongside me. And then we'll attend the last Christmas Eve service together. At the end of that service, we'll light our candles next to each other and sing Silent Night as we look at each other and smile, sometimes with a tear in our eye, put our arms around each other while the flame from the candle perfectly illuminates our faces. Then we'll head out for a peaceful dinner where we all order the right thing, we have pleasant conversation. And then we'll stop by and visit some extended family, getting home just in time to put on our matching pajamas. The kids will open their gifts from each other and they'll all love what they got each other. Jeff and I will exchange gifts and we too will love what we got each other. Then we'll watch Elf together. We'll scoot the kids off to bed. Mind you, they are 24, 21, 18, and 14. But we scoot them off to bed in my imagination. And then Jeff and I finish wrapping the gifts and gently put them under the tree before we head off to bed at a decent hour. <laughs> the last two Christmas Eves, 
uh, somebody's ended up in tears, it's usually been me. And we have not liked anything that we've eaten, and usually we've had some kind of mishap or argument. That's the way that it has played out. And I'm usually very unhappy with my gift. Um, you can ask my family about that. It's, it's quite the problem. As a matter of fact, I think Jeff said, maybe you're just not going to get one this year. <laughs> so what I expect and what actually transpires are two totally different things. Expectation is defined as believing that something is going to happen or believing that something should be a certain way. I believe every year that the holiday season is going to play out a certain way. It's going to play out the way I think it should be or how I want it to be. And every year, I'm sad or disappointed or frustrated. Can any of you in this room or online, welcome to those of you online, can you relate to that? Put on top of that the cultural expectations, what everyone else is doing and seeing and buying and attending around us. And then there's social media where everything is perfect and everyone is smiling all the time and we're all trying to live up to that. Do you ever look at someone's social media posts and you know what's going on behind the scenes? And you're like, yeah, it's not really playing out exactly like that. And I, I know that people are doing that about me too. I'm not, I'm not like saying that's everybody else and not me. People know that too. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's so easy to get caught up in everything that's happening around us. And I find myself doing this all the time. Oh, wow, 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 we haven't done enough. Maybe we should, maybe we should uh, plan another trip or, or our kids should get as many gifts as their friends and they should get like the same types of things. They better be as good as their friends. We should have something to do every night of December. We're expected to do all the things. And then there are expectations within doing all the things. Like it should all be happy and we should all be smiling and it should be cheerful. My kids call it forced fun. And then there's the other side. Some of you have negative expectations, like, ah, oh, this Christmas is never going to live up to what I want it to be. The gifts are not going to be enough. It's not going to be fun. You know, Aunt Gertrude's going to say something inappropriate, and Uncle Frank's going to have a fit. Expectations work both ways. And this year, I, I think you could call what we have COVID expectations on top of everything else. Many of us had a very different holiday season last year. Some of us kind of missed out on our holiday season, what's normal, last year. Anyone remember, were you here Christmas Eve, when we stood out in sub-zero temperatures and we couldn't keep our candles lit because the wind kept blowing them out? It was a memory. <laughs> so our expectations for this year are even higher. It's like we missed a year, so this one... This one better be great. It has to make up for what we missed last year. And all of these expectations from other people and the ones we put on ourselves and the people around us, they exhaust me. They wear me out. And when our expectations are misplaced or focused on the wrong things, they will always leave us wanting. Because circumstances... And other people will always disappoint. A friend shared a new definition of expectation with me this week. Expectation equals planned disappointments. And I thought, that's about right. So what do we do with all of this? 
How do we manage our expectations and the expectations of the culture and the people around us? Well, that's why we're in this series, Calm in the Chaos, kind of a Surviving the Holidays 101. Or or I'd like to think more Thriving the Holidays 101. Not just how do we get through it this year, but how do we get to January 2nd and feel like we're winning? Like we navigated it all well. Last week, Tim kicked us off by sharing how we navigate our finances during the holiday season, alleviating some of your financial drama through trusting in the one who will give us what we need when we need it. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about navigating our grief and our loss as we enter the Christmas season and how do we deal with broken family relationships? How do we thrive when we're eating dinner at a table forced with, to hang out with people that we disagree with or maybe just plain don't like very well. But I feel like the topic for this week, managing expectations, kind of encompasses all the other weeks. Because as we go into the holidays, we have expectations about all of these other things. And at times, very different expectations about all of these other things. I will tell you for sure that my husband Jeff and I have very different expectations about what we're going to spend during the holiday season. I'll let you guess who wants to spend more. And I'm currently wondering how I'm going to feel this holiday season as I move into Thanksgiving and Christmas without my dad for the first time. I have expectations about how I should handle it and how everybody else around me should handle it. And family relationships can be hard. And I know that I walk in to situations and rooms expecting that people will or should behave in a certain way. And when they don't, I probably don't handle it very well. Expectations can taint all of these other areas. So as you look toward Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, those of you online and in this room, what are you expecting? How is the world around you, the culture that we live in, the social media or media of any kind influencing your expectations? And what are we going to do about it? How are we going to keep our expectations in check? How do we enter the season in the healthiest of ways? I think it's simple. Don't have any expectations. Check them at the door. Let them go. Keep your focus on what matters and who matters. And Jesus is very clear about what and who matters all throughout Scripture. But we're going to look at one very specific moment. He has an encounter with the teachers of the religious law, with the Pharisees. And this account is in three of the four Gospels. But we're going to look at the account from Matthew chapter 22. So if you want to turn there uh, in your house Bibles, in the Bibles that are in the room, it's page 820. We're going to start in verse 37. It's a very short little passage. Grab your Bibles at home. You can also look on the app. Uh, The scripture's on there as well. So page 820. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. The religious leaders were always trying to trap Jesus, to trip him up. So they ask him in this moment, which is the greatest commandment? Thinking there's no way that he can get this answer right. Because if he picks one commandment, that would imply that all the others are not important. But he is quick in this moment with his response and very clear and succinct. It says in Matthew's account in chapter 22, starting in verse 37, it says this, Jesus replied, 
You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. He's pulling up the same words that are used by Moses in Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And words spoken from God to Moses in Leviticus 19. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. He is very clear what the greatest commandments are. And in this same account from the book of Mark in chapter 12, Jesus ends this encounter by saying this, no other commandment is greater than these. No other commandment is greater than these. Love the Lord with all you are and love your neighbor as yourself. And I believe this is our initial, as Christ followers, these are our initial calling. Our overall calling are these two commandments. Love the Lord with all your heart and soul and strength and mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. We live into that calling and then we figure out how we implement that through our unique giftedness and passions. Jesus doesn't need to go over the other commandments because they will all fall into place if we follow these two. If we truly follow these greatest commandments, we can't help but heal brokenness when we love the Lord with all that we are and we love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. And for some of us, we love ourselves a lot. He doesn't say love the Lord a little bit or part of the time. He says love the Lord with your whole heart, with everything that you are, fully, deeply abiding in him, to remain in him, to continue to him, in him, to know him well. Know him so well that his wants and desires for you become your wants and desires for yourself. And then the second part, it doesn't say kind of important, almost as important. No, it says it's equally as important. The second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love each other. It sounds really easy and it's really hard. Jesus doesn't hesitate in his response. He says it quickly and adamantly. These commandments are the most important, but they are also the hardest the most difficult because it requires all of who we are, every facet of our being, of our lives. It takes time and energy. It's what the entire Christmas story is about. God sent us love so that we could love. God sent us unconditional self-sacrificing love in Jesus so that we could have that example of love. And we could have hope. In 1 John 4, it says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 
Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Love God, love each other. I believe if we do this, if we enter the holidays or, or life in general, living out these commandments, our expectations will turn into hope. Because we will realize that our expectations will only be met in the hope of our unexpected Savior. Expectations can be about you. Expectations are about me. Hope is about Jesus. Expectations rely on other people and circumstances to meet what we want. Hope relies on Jesus. Expectation is how is this going to work out for me? Hope is what can Jesus do? What will he do in this situation? And let me just say that my expectations, our unrealistic expectations may be getting in the way of what the Spirit wants to do. Our unrealistic expectations may be a barrier to how the Spirit wants to move. Set your, un, your expectations aside and make room for the unexpected. Hope is the unexpected. Hope is the surprise. Hope is Jesus. He was completely unexpected. Expectation equals planned disappointments. Hope equals unexpected joy. Can you move into the Christmas season void of expectation and full of hope? Hope that if you love the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and you love your neighbor as yourself, he will surprise you with unexpected joy. Because that's what he does. He will show up in ways that you never saw coming. So how do, how do we do this? And I don't have a, a comprehensive list, but here's some ideas. Here's some ideas of how you could maybe do this. For those of you in the room and online that have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, maybe that's where you start. No, not maybe, it is where you start. Today could be the day that you enter into the unexpected by surrendering your whole self to Jesus, to the unexpected Savior. It may be a very, very new Christmas for you. So today, you start there, full surrender. And you will have hope that you've never had before. 
And as Jeff said earlier, we're going to see that hope played out over here in a few minutes. As people come and publicly declare that they are going to love the Lord with all their heart. And they're going to love their neighbor as themselves. They will be beautiful pictures of hope. How about if you start each day with scripture and silence and prayer? Abiding in the one that you claim to love so much. Spending time in relationship with God, with your Savior. There's so many reading things, especially through the Christmas season, plans that that they can give you exactly what to read or just pick up the Bible and do it. And spend some time listening and praying. Get outside yourself Quit thinking about what you want, what you want to do, and do stuff for other people. There's all sorts of opportunities right here at Grace. There's a tree in the lobby. Go, go start there. Give to the Christmas store. Volunteer in the care center. There's all sorts of organizations around the city that need help. Get outside yourself. You will be shocked at what that does for your perspective and your expectations. Go out with somebody and have coffee that needs you. Spend some time praying for somebody else. Invite your neighbors over. Like, get to know your literal neighbors. Maybe go Christmas caroling. Remember that? Show up at your neighbor's door and sing a song. And then invite them over for hot chocolate. Get outside yourself. Take the focus off of you and put it on other people. And experience life with those that you love. Look, the gifts, they're going to go away. By next year, most of the gifts that I buy my kids, they won't even, like, it'll be in the pile for goodwill. But I can create experiences where I can love them well. This year, maybe we'll figure out something to honor my dad together as a family. And set boundaries. Just because the world says you have to do it, or even family says, you don't have to do it. You can say no. You can set boundaries and say, we're just not going to do it this year. Or we'd love, we'd love to donate in your honor for your gift this year. We don't need anything, really, do we? Most of us don't. And you can set boundaries. So per, as per usual, um, when I'm getting ready to speak about something, I just prep myself because I know I've got a lot to learn on the subject. And there's always something that comes up that is, uh, just kind of brings the story, the, the learning full circle for me. And this year, and so as I share the sermon illustration, I let, need to let you know that it was a sermon illustration five, years, or five days ago, and then it wasn't one two days ago, and now it might be one again because it keeps changing. But I'm trying not to have expectations and just let it go and see what happens. So I am very excited for Thanksgiving because I will have all my kids home for the first time since May. Um, Annie's first year in college, and Liza lives in Nashville. So they're all coming home, and we'll all be under one roof. And so I was excited about that. Well... Then we thought we might have a visitor coming with one of the kids. And no, it's not a significant other. No one's getting married or has, you know, a significant other. So don't ask me after service. It's not that. Someone already asked. And I was like, no. Um, So this is going to kind of squelch my plans. 
because I was real excited to have my whole family home and now we've got somebody that we don't know super well that might be coming home with one of them and I was like, oh, I don't want this to happen. And then it might not happen and now it might happen again. So that's why I said it was, it's kind of a ebbing, <laughs> ebbing and flowing sermon illustration. So of course I'm prepping for this. And I'm like, of course that I've got this going on and here I am already deciding that this is not how I expected it to go. Therefore, I am frustrated and unhappy about it. And then I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to love the Lord with all my heart and with all my soul. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to love this other person as much as I love myself. And then I'm going to wait for him to show up in ways that I never dreamed. Because that's what he'll do. When we follow those commandments, that's what he will do. So I'll keep you posted on how it plays out. But that's my plan. Love God. Love each other. And watch your expectations turn into hope. Would you pray with me? Lord, that is what I pray um, for each one of us in this room, for those that are watching with us from their homes or wherever they are right now. May we be people that palms up, wait for your unexpected blessings, the unexpected joy that can only come from you, Lord. May we put our hope in the one that can do more than we ever imagined. Help us to be people that love you first and foremost and then love each other as you would have us love each other. And watch you show up in ways that we never saw coming because that is the kind of God you are. Thank you for meeting us here today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for watching, but don't stop there. We want you to find community at Grace Church. And the first step in doing that is going to gracechurch.us slash hub. There you'll find other sermons, details about upcoming events, and other important announcements. And make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out when we post something new. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next time.